Satan means to miss the mark, to miss the mark. But that definition of sin actually misses the mark of sin. That's, that's too simplistic. Sin, we do it often, unfortunately. Sometimes we do it willingly. Sometimes we do it unwillingly. Sometimes we do it knowingly. Sometimes we do it unknowingly. And hopefully, I, hate, you know, I, I hope we hate when we sin. We hate it when we sin. And actually, by the end of today, I hope you hate sin. I hope we feel sorrow for the sin that we do, and we are inspired to repent. But unfortunately, many do not repent. And many people live years, years, without repentance and confession and living in sin. Maybe we feel shame to repent. Or perhaps, I hate to say it, people love sin. We love sin. We love sin. And we don't want to let go of our sins. And we have sins of addiction. And we have sins of fornication. And we have sins of pride. And we have sins of jealousy. And we have sins of contention. And we live with these sins on our conscience. And we live. But this is not a way to live. This is not a life to live with sin on the conscience. The one who is living in sin, the one who has sin on their conscience, is as good as dead. As good as dead. And that's why St. Paul, in many places in his epistles, many places, in Ephesians chapter 2, in Colossians chapter 2, he says, you were dead in your sins. You were dead. Dead in sins. And this is because sin kills me. Sin kills me. Sin brings death to me. And that's why the resurrection is such a big deal. The resurrection is such a big deal. Because sin brings death. But resurrection brings me back to life. Brings me back to life. And God willing, tomorrow, morning, uh, tomorrow night... We'll speak about that in, in greater detail. But sin. In the, in the absolution prayer of the midnight hour, it says, Raise us up from the darkness of sin, which... Raise us up from the darkness of sin, which... Ruins the soul. Ruins the soul. And yesterday, I, I spoke to you about how liturgy, how Eucharist, transforms man. It elevates man. It transforms man. But sin also transforms man. Sin transforms us. Man was immortal. Then he sinned, and then he became mortal. So you see, prayer, Eucharist, righteousness... They elevate man. Sin degrades man. Sin degrades man. Sin ruins the soul. Yani this iPad is expensive. It's very expensive. But if I took it and I smashed it, and I bent it in half, and I cracked the screen, and I didn't... You want it? 
So come to that. The iPad has no value after it's been destroyed. After it's been you know, like broken. It has no value. It is ruined. And this is what sin does to us. But imagine I didn't smash it. I just, yani masalan, maybe I just soaked it in enough water. Like just enough water to just ruin the entire circuitry in the inside. So it looks good on the outside. It looks great, but the thing's fried. It has no function. It's dead. Many people, they look good on the outside. They look great on the outside. But the sin inside is dead. Is dead. Is dead. And even though the iPad, it has the Apple logo on it, it's still broken. It's still ruined. It's still worth nothing. And this is how we are when we live in sin. If all my encounters are social, if all my plans are worldly, if all my thoughts are sinful, this is ruining the soul. This is not how man was created. And what's scary is, all it takes is one drop, one drop, one fall of this iPad, and this iPad could lose its value. Just one drop. Just one. It drops in the wrong way. I drop it from the stairs. I drop it in the toilet. I drop it in Misharfi. And it's gone. Khalas. It's ruined. Just one little fall. And similarly, one sin ruins mankind. It's one sin. And that's why we put all the cases on the iPad. We try to protect it. And we do all these things. So we protect it. So it won't be hurt when it falls. And maybe you should think, maybe something to meditate on, is what are your protections in your spiritual life? What is helping you to brace you from your falls? Some people might say, I don't commit big sins that everyone else is doing. And that's great. Good job. You don't do big sins. And I'm, but that just means you are not intensely destroying yourself. Even the smallest sins, even the smallest sins, very destructive. Because sin is like cancer. Sin is poison. Sin is death. And when you think about the fall of man, Adam and Eve, they ate from a tree. And he came, he murdered. That's a big sin. That's a big sin. Adam and Eve, they ate from a tree. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, God. Why you make a big fuss about them eating from a little tree? No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because sin is a big deal. Sin is a big deal. And I was thinking, yani Adam and Eve, mashatamush bad. if they like and spouse, they cuss each other out. They speak badly to another. Yani that's a big sin. But Adam and Eve, they didn't do any big sin, big big sin. 
by our standards. Because they did a grievous, grievous sin. They listened to the devil. They disobeyed the commandment of God. That's a big deal. And the punishment for sin is a big deal. The little eating of a little fruit that they were kicked out of paradise. And you might say, Abuna, this is you're being too severe. We live in the New Testament and we live in the era of grace and we do all of that. But you're being stop scaring us sin and all of this stuff. No. <laughs> this is not the old testament. This is the, even worse in the New Testament. Even worse in the New Testament. If the punishment was severe in the Old Testament, the punishment is even more severe in the New Testament. Look at what the Lord says. I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says... You fool will be in danger of the hellfire. The hellfire. The consequence of sin, severe. Severe. So severe. Our Lord says, every idle word that you say, every idle word. Imagine all the little idle words that we say, we talk here. Every idle word you will be accounted for. On the day of judgment. That's severe when I miss severe. Sin severe awi is very dangerous. And that's why many of the like the apostles and the disciples, they meditate on the severity of God against sinners. Mesalan, Saint Paul he does it in Hebrews several times. He does it in Romans. St. Peter, he does it as well. St. Peter, look at what he says in his epistle. He says, for the time has come for judgment to begin. Where's the judgment going to begin? Judgment is going to begin in the house of God. And it begins with us first. And what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And then he says a phrase, we always say it. In the Agbaya, he says, If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where shall I, the sinner, appear? And when all the fathers, they meditate on this verse, they say, Sin is unbelievable. And the severity of God against sinners is unbelievable. He says, look at Moses. When they meditate on this passage, they bring up Moses. Moses... Because he disobeyed God, was not allowed to enter the promised land. Sin that is khatir, yet is very dangerous. And that's why in that same chapter, St. Peter, he says, No longer, khalas, no longer should we live the rest of the time of, of, in the flesh for the lusts of man. I can't live the rest of my time for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. He said we spent enough of our time, enough time, doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, revelries, drinking parties, 
abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange you do not run with them. In the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you, they will account, give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Sin is sin. Sin, little, big. The consequence of sin is severe. Severe. Some people might think, if sin is sin, then might as well go all the way and sin all the way. That's foolish thinking. The iPad might fall once or twice, but then I'm not going to sit here and pound it on the ground and intentionally destroy it and intentionally smash it. And similarly, one should not intentionally smash themselves and destroy themselves in sin. I want to go back to the idea of this broken iPad because you all agreed that the broken iPad is not worth anything or is not worth as much as a, a new one. And we talked about how sin ruins us. And although that analogy is good, it's actually much worse than that. Sin is much worse than that. It's much worse than that. When the iPad breaks, the silicon is still here. The, the computer chip is still here. Everything is still here. Maybe it just got a little dislodged and a little whatever, or maybe fried. But the elements of the, the, the iPad are still here. When we sin... No, it's not, the elements aren't still here. It's much worse. And St. Basil, he says in his book on the human condition, he says, when man gets angry with each other, when man gets angry with each other, he says, you are not human anymore. You're not a human anymore. When you get angry with each other, you are not human anymore. He says, you become like the animals. You become like the animals. He says, for whenever one's reason has been pushed aside, the passion takes hold of the soul itself, and it makes the human being entirely a wild beast. It does not allow him to be a human being, since he no longer has the help of reason. Anger makes us like the the animals makes us like the animals and sin and all the sin that's being promoted in, in the world the fornication the premarital sex the devaluing of marriage the pornography all of this stuff this is degrading mankind this sin is degrading mankind and bringing us down to animals and bringing us down to animals this is the way the animals live. The animals, they fornicate, they do all this stuff, they get they aklobad. That's what animals do. But the sons of God, they're not supposed to be this way. Sin ruins our nature, makes us like animals. I wish that was as bad as it gets, but actually it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets much worse. When God created the world, He created animals from... He created them from nothing. But when He created mankind, He created mankind from dust. 
And so, when mankind sins, it becomes again, it becomes dust. Doesn't even, animals, even above, we go back to be dust. We become nothing. And that's why sin leaves our life and makes our life meaningless. It becomes like dust. Look at what our Lord Jesus Christ says. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone, Smaldi, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If our lives are not bearing fruits of virtue, then we must not be abiding in Him. And if we are not abiding in Him, then we will be cut off from the body. And we will be cast out like a withering branch that is thrown into the fire. And when a withering branch is thrown into a fire, what is left of a withering branch that's thrown into a fire? Huh? What's left? What's left? Namishtema. Dust, ash, it goes back to dust and ash. And this is our life when we sin. We go back to dust. We go back to dust. Elon Musk owns 172 million point six shares of Tesla. And each share is worth roughly $1,000. So if you're good at math, that's a lot. But let's say Tesla doesn't perform well. Let's say they have production issues. Let's say there's new competition. Let's say he loses his mind. He wants to buy other companies. Let's say he does a lot of like he whatever. And let's say everyone now ditches Tesla and wants to buy Lucid and Rivian and all the other competitors. What will happen if Tesla's share price goes to zero? You know what happens to the 172 million shares that Elon Musk has? 172 million shares. You know what happens to them? Dust. They go to dust. They have no value. Zero. Zero. If the company is performing, if it's good, lots of value. Tesla shares $1,000. A lot of value. But if, if it looks, if you're not abiding in Christ, you have no value. The share becomes... Worthless becomes dust. Actually, it gets worse than dust. It gets worse than dust. You thought animal was bad? 
dust is worse, it gets worse than dust. Sin transforms us into demons. Into demons. Look at what, like, uh, look at what the Lord said about Judas. He said, did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you? One of you? The devil. One of you, the devil. How, Judas, you are a devil? No, you're a disciple of Christ. You are chosen. You are all of this. No, when sin lives in my heart, when I have greed, when I have the love of money in my heart, I become not just an animal, not just dust, I become demon. I become a demon. St. John Climacus, St. Augustine, they have a beautiful quote that said, If pride, if pride made demons out of angels, humility could make angels out of demons. Sin makes us like the demons. That's why the Lord told the people in John chapter 8, He said, Because you do not listen to my word, you are of your father, the the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. You want to do the desires of your father, the devil. then. After that, to the demon. That's why in the epistle of St. John, listen to what St. John, he says. He says, little children... Little children, let no one deceive you. I want to be deceived. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He who sins is from the from the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. When you do the will of God, you become the son of God. When you do the will of the devil, you become the son of I think of it like clay in the potter's hands. St. Paul, he says to the Galatians, says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again till Christ is formed in you. I want Christ to be formed in you. I want Christ to be formed in you. And every day you do the will of God, it's as if Christ's hands are on you, shaping your mind, shaping your senses, shaping your everything about you, shaping you into His image. But what if I'm not doing the will of God? Then this image is going another way. Why am I saying all of this? The people who crucified Jesus, what kind of people would crucify Jesus? Normal people? No. Demons. Evil people. People who have sin in their heart, who are not repenting from their sin, who have pride. And I imagine when we say, Lord, why did you endure all of this? Why did you allow the demons to slap you? Why did you allow them to crucify you? Why did you go through all of this pain and suffering? 
I imagine that the Lord, as He said before He was baptized, you know baptism is the cross. And as He was baptized, He said, Permit it to be so now, for it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And then He allowed the demons to spit in His face and to ridicule Him and to mock Him and to dress Him in, in the kingly attire and then to crucify Him. Why am I saying all of this about sin? Is because if you understand now how evil sin is, now you can understand what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. When I told you this iPad and I broke it, and I damaged it, and I threw it against the wall, and it's screen broken, and it's in a million pieces. And you would buy it? Who in their right mind would buy this iPad, kidda? But this is what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. He bought the iPad in its worst form, destroyed, not animal, not dust, demon. And he bought it and redeemed it and said, I'm going to make it new. And I'm going to make it better. This is the love that God has for each and every one of us. So that we shouldn't live in sin anymore. No longer can we live in sin anymore. No longer can we be unrepentant. No longer can we love sin. Love sin eh? How? It doesn't work. This is the great love that Jesus Christ did. And because of this great love, now I should love the Lord Jesus Christ, who freed me from all of this sin. I should love Him. And that's why when the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that should be a no-brainer. That should be, sure, <laughs> yeah, thank you God, I will. That's easy. When the Lord says, deny everything, come and follow me, don't tell me I have a job and I need money and all. It is. You want to go back to the pigs? You want to go back to the, to the dust? You want to go back to the demon? No way I'll go back to that stuff. This is why this day is so profound. We see the love of Jesus Christ here. I hope today... We hate sin. Everyone hates sin. Everyone should hate sin. And resolve never to sin. And to live a life of repentance. Yeah, no, I'm serious. No, we don't sin. We live a life of repentance continually. Because we don't let sin in our life. All of us. And we love the Lord Jesus Christ for the great price, the great blood that He offered for all of us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.